0: All right, the words of Jesus, if you have your uh, Bibles with you, just have them handy because we're going to be turning all over the place. But if you want to get a head start, you can turn to Luke 11. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand, and Mike would love to pass one out to you this morning. But Luke chapter 11, we're going through this series about the words of Jesus or the thoughts of Jesus this summer and probably beyond. It gives me a lot of room to, to roll wherever I want, and I'm thankful for that. I can go wherever there's red print, and there certainly is a lot of it in the Bible. But before we begin, we're going to do a little exercise, if you'll join me. I just want you to think to yourself something that you have been praying for for a long time. So maybe just even close your eyes right now. If you can't, that's all right. If you're one of those people who has to look around, that's okay. But just close your eyes. What is something, ask God to show you, or maybe you know right away. I think for some of us, we'll be able to figure that out right away. Just ask him, what is something in your heart that you have been praying for, for a really long time, and you've yet to get an answer? So we're just going to have about 20 seconds of silence here, maybe a little more. Just ask the Lord, and as I said, you might know, something you've been praying for for a long time, and just in silence, let the Lord uh, just bring that to your heart. All right, amen. I don't think that was too hard. I think for some of us, we've been praying for some things for a long time. But just put that kind of in the back of your mind or your back pocket or wherever you want and uh, hold on to that and we'll talk about it in a minute. So doing all this red print, at first I started trying to do some things that were maybe a little not so obvious. Doing some sermons that I thought Things that Jesus talked about that aren't talked about a lot in church. But there are some things as you read the words of Jesus that you cannot avoid. It seems that he talks about them a lot. Now, one of those things is prayer. Now, I was thinking this week, where should I go? And every thought or every time i prayed i just felt the lord say you know it's good to talk about prayer but i've talked about that a lot here that is one of the things i love to talk about and i think sometimes and i know we always can be reminded of things sometimes i think wow they've heard it too much i don't think you can hear it too much but as a preacher sometimes you just have your own like record going on in your head And so anytime I'm asked to go speak somewhere else, I love to talk about prayer. But I think at Northgate, well, I did. And you probably could go on our website and see a lot of messages about prayer or tied into prayer. But the thing is, when I started thinking about this and praying about it, I want to be faithful to what Jesus said. And Jesus said a lot of things about prayer. Actually... He said 20 times, at least 20 times, that we should ask our Heavenly Father. Think about that. 20 times, not once, not twice. As I'm going to mention in a minute, when Jesus says something twice, you better pay attention. If he says something 20 times, you really, really, 20 reallys, better pay attention. And so what does he say? He's saying, you can ask your Father. You can call out to him, I think that's a crazy thing because in Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 it says your father knows the things you have need of even before you ask. And yet he still tells us to ask and he already knows what we need. Have you ever thought about that? Prayer is really important to Jesus. You know, we're asked to pray for our enemies. We're asked to pray for laborers. We're asked to pray that we wouldn't enter into temptation. We're asked to pray when we think about the end times to watch and to pray what's going on. We're asked to pray when we meet evil and maybe difficult situations and even to fast. We're told how to pray in our closet. We're told not to have long prayers as he spoke to the Pharisees. He even gave us a model prayer in the Lord's Prayer. He even recorded his own prayers, the prayer for unity in John 17. Jesus' life was a picture of prayer, whether it was early in the morning in Mark chapter 135 or Mark chapter 3, praying all night, even before he chose his disciples He's always resting and praying in the midst of his busy life. Prayer was really, really important to Jesus. And if it's important to him, it should be important to us. Do I hear an amen? But as I started thinking about prayer and what specifically to talk about, there's something that came to my attention Rather quickly, because sometimes it's really difficult because we don't see any answers. I could ask you, and I don't need a raise of hands, but have you ever been discouraged in prayer? Have you ever thought, hello, God? (laughs) Have you ever thought your prayers are hitting the ceiling and coming right back? Because not only have you prayed, but you may have prayed three days three weeks, three years. And I bet you there's some people in this room who have prayed for certain things for over 30 years. I would say there's some who have prayed over 40 years, who've continually brought it to the Lord, and they are waiting, and they are discouraged, and they are tired, and maybe even asking this question, God, if you ask me to pray, and you know what I need, why in the world are you not answering? Or is that me alone who thinks that? Anyone ever thought that? Well, Jesus knew we would think that, and that's why he addresses it in his word. So I'm going to talk about a couple parables just quickly in one little section. So Luke 11, I'm going to read this. He said to them, verse 5 of Luke 11, Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within him and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I say to you, though he will not rise and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. Now you love verse 9, and I'm sure you've all heard it as he just plays off that little parable. So I say to you, in light of that parable, I just added that little part, but I say to you, ask, it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. You know, in the Bible, there's parables, and parables are just stories that have a point. And there's often characters in these parables who give us a picture of God. They're either comparing parables or contrasting parables. For instance, with the prodigal son, we see the father who is waiting for him and loves him, and we compare him to who? God, right? God is waiting, God is loving, God is forgiving, God is kind. So we have a picture of God, but in this parable it's contrasting because we see this friend and he's like, I ain't getting out of bed, and I don't care what you say. But that's not like our God, is it? No. But even in the midst of comparing and seeing that God isn't like that, And Jesus is telling us to persist. He goes on even to push his point more to say to you in the continuous in the Greek, as probably many of you know in verse 9, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. It's amazing. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 18 with me as well. Just a few pages over to the right. And let's see how Jesus continues this idea of our persistence in the midst of him knowing what he's going to do. Chapter 18, verse 1. And he even tells us why he's telling this story. He spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So if you and your mind or your heart raised your hand and said, why is God not working? I'm frustrated. I've been praying. Can I tell you, you're not alone. And Jesus knew it. And that's why he's telling you all of these stories. And he's saying, keep going. By the way, I heard a nice little comment on this verse. If you're not praying, you're probably discouraged or losing heart. If you are praying, you're probably hopeful. We lose heart when we don't pray. But sometimes, even in the midst of that, it is very difficult. Well, anyways, there was a certain judge who did not fear God nor regard man. So that's a contrasting principle. That's not God. This is an evil judge. Now, there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary... That he would not for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, Though I do not fear God nor regard men, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. He says I'm sick and tired of this woman. I have experienced some kids. I'm not going to say who. My kids don't like when I tell stories about them. But I've experienced some kids, when it's their birthday or Christmas, they really want something. And forget about letters to Santa Claus, they come right to me. And I'm talking about when they were young. Now they're all mature and they wouldn't do that. But I can remember a certain oldest son... And I've told this story before, but I think I told it seven years ago. Oh, man, it was his birthday, and he wanted a BB gun. And my life for the next month before his birthday was all about that BB gun. Dad, do you know what I want for my birthday? And he probably doesn't remember, but I remember. So even if I didn't want my child to have a BB gun, because I didn't think it was safe, I got so sick and tired of him asking. I went to Canadian Tire and got the gun. And I can never forget his face when he got that gun. And I think we have a picture somewhere on the computer, and he's holding it up, and his smile is like, I conquered you. <laughs> no, that's just, that's just the way I saw it. So I have a certain youngest son. Who's just like his oldest brother. And you might remember he wanted a pedal tractor. Oh, he wanted a pedal tractor. Actually, I can even use a better example. He wanted golf clubs this year. And times have changed, so forget about the letters. He searched Kijiji nonstop and then would ask me to come into the kitchen to show me the clubs he found for himself at a reasonable price. <laughs> And I'm not talking about once, nor five times. And then when I think he realized I actually got them, the next persistence was, can I have my present early? (laughs) Which Amy was strong enough to hold out. Because dad actually just wanted to go golfing with him. But anyways, it's that type of persistence we laugh about. But that's the persistence that God is talking about, that he wants to encourage us, even when we don't receive what we're asking for, to continually to go to him with boldness and not lose heart. Not get discouraged, not thinking, God, where are you, but to continually give it to Him. And I think it is so difficult with prayer, because we start on fire, and we last a week, or two, or four, or six, and then we just simply get so discouraged, we give up. And maybe that's just me. And I can think of things like Team 20 and just myself, how I started gangbusters and forget about an hour. I was going to do more and I was going to get in and do it. And four weeks good, six weeks good. Then I started a little fade act, a little here and there. And then I got a little discouraged. And then I started to give up a little bit. Now there'd be little ups and downs and maybe you have the same thing in your life. But we sometimes plan, Oh God, I know you've put this on my heart. I'm going to pray. But then when we, the circumstances change, we need some encouragement. And I think this morning, Jesus wants to tell you simply this, Just keep going. But do you wonder why? Why doesn't he answer? And here's the answer that I've concluded for you. And I worked hard on this one all week. Why is God not answering your prayer? And I've come to this conclusion. I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. And I bet you don't either. I have no idea. Could be like the book of Daniel. There's a spiritual battle going on. I have no idea. Maybe he's doing something that the timing has to be set just right for your prayer to be answered. And in your timing, you think you know, but God says, no, this has to fall into place, and this has to fall into place, and this has to fall into place, because when I answer that prayer, not only do I want to answer that, I want to do this, this, and this. But we're thinking, oh, no, no, I just don't see it. I don't know. But I can tell you, I don't even think it matters. Because I know God is faithful. But what I learned when God doesn't answer prayer and he asks me to continue is there's a greater reason. There's a greater reason. And it might be something he's doing, but I can guarantee you this 100%. Not knowing what he's doing there in answering. I know this and you probably know this too. He's changing you. Because the reality is his desire in prayer isn't only to answer. And I spoke about this at the beginning of Jesus' words with just a reminder. His greatest desire is to be with you. His greatest desire is to change you. And though we don't like to hear it, and we like to think that we're changing everything, the reality is when we come before the Lord and we're with him and we're praying, we are the ones who are changed first and foremost. It's almost sometimes as we go to him with our desires that God shows us who he is and he changes our desires and our characters and our prayers and then he can do what he wants to do. He wants to teach us first and foremost to abide in him, to become dependent upon him and all the other stuff is actually a bonus. I hear an amen? That might be a little harder to work up. You see, maybe he wants you to persist because he wants to encourage you and change you. He wants to reveal things to you. He wants to change your desires. I remember when I was 18, I had a great theological discussion with a lady in a nursing home. I used to visit her every week. I was doing an internship at Sunnyside Wesleyan in Ottawa and they gave me the task to visit this 80-year-old woman and she was quite spiritual and she was in the nursing home and I thought I was going to give her a question she couldn't answer. I said, Mary, that was her name, God, does God always answer prayer? And I remember she was laying, she couldn't hardly sit up. She didn't even blink an eye. And she's like, yes. I said, I got her. I got her. There is no way she can get out of this one because God doesn't. I said, Mary, are you seriously telling me that God is going to answer all my prayers? She looked at me and said, you just keep praying because if he doesn't answer exactly what you want, he's going to change your heart and then he's going to answer it. So I can conclusively tell you he will answer. And I never, ever forgot that. Let me give you an example. I was talking to Giar about this, and maybe this has happened to you. He started in this country just praying that God would give him money. Giar is someone who is in our midst. He He came from Iraq, he was fleeing from his father, he got an academic visa, he was here, but he had to get out of Iraq, and education was his way, so he finished his first semester, and he realized he could do more education, and then if he could stay, he would be safe. So he started to pray for God because he had no money. God, give me money so I can go to school so I don't have to go back to Iraq. And then he started praying and asking people to pray. And I remember praying, God, provide for G.R. Provide for him that he can go back to school so he doesn't have to go back to Iraq. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. Well, what happened then was... He met a lady whose name was Betty and said, well, why don't you apply for a protected refugee status and forget about going back to school because you don't need any money. Well, we've just been praying for money. See, the desire was to be safe. But we look down at the situation and we think we have the solution and we pray our solution to God. And God says, that's not the root prayer. I need to change it to what the true desire is, what my desire is, what my will is, and then I can answer. You see, God had to change our heart. It wasn't about money or school. It was, God, would you help him to be safe? And guess what God did? He answered that prayer. Now I know, have you experienced that? You've been praying and praying, and sometimes you're with Jesus and you see that you're changing and your heart's changing and you're seeing what God wants and you're praying it and you know it's His will and you're persisting in it. And that's a really good thing. So if you're frustrated and you're tired, would you be encouraged? by the words of Jesus who says keep at it because I'm going to answer my answer in my time but more importantly I'm changing you to be more like me that's good news amen but we gotta die to ourselves, and that's never fun one last thing the Lord showed me You know, we have all these things that we're asking God for and we say prayer changes things or prayer is what does it. I, I I have news for you this morning. Prayer really doesn't change anything. Uh Oh, that's contrary to everything you've just said. Now, I want to clarify because Jesus did faith in prayer changes things. There's a lot of people praying for a lot of things and they don't believe what they're praying for and it don't work. I'll give you an example and probably one you know well in Mark chapter eleven twenty three 23 with the mountain being moved. Jesus didn't say, well, pray will be moved. He says, no, if you believe, if you believe, if you have faith, then this mountain will be moved. It's not praying and not believing. It's actually believing in what you pray. And I think some of you have been praying for a long time, but you don't even believe God can do it. Nor does he want to do it. But here's the neat thing with persisting prayer. If you have to be with Jesus and you have to wait upon him and you keep at it and you're not discouraged and you're like that persistent widow and as you are with him, I really believe he's going to grow your faith. And as your faith grows, your prayers become more powerful. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the... So when I pray, oftentimes I'll pray the scripture. I'll pray the word back to God. For instance, God, I need wisdom. I've been praying a long time. I got this little church and I need wisdom. I want to rule well. I want to be like Solomon. I want the leaders to do well. We want to hear from you, God. We want your wisdom, right? So I pray back God's word to him. And I ask him to answer because he said, I could pray that, but as I understand what he has said and that he will answer and I keep at it, and I know God's word says I can ask for it, my faith grows, then my prayer is more effective. Amen? Do you see how it works? But not only God's word, I think there's been times in our lives where we felt that God has spoken to us through his Holy Spirit, Confirmed in his word. Confirmed through other people. And we hang on to that. And it builds our faith when we're asking God and we can't see. But the more we're with him and hear his voice in his word. And the Holy Spirit in us. We're working on it. And he's building us. And we hear his words. And our faith grows. And we have more confidence. And it's not about the when. It's about, yeah God, you could do it. So sometimes he doesn't answer right away because he's building your faith because your faith is really important to develop your character to be effective for his glory. Amen. Amen. And sometimes we got to use muscles to make them stronger. I'm learning that as I get older. <laughs> Seems every time I go to play something, I get hurt. When I was 20, I never got hurt. I was helping Buzz in his hockey camp this week. I wasn't even doing anything. I was skating backwards, tripped, banged my knee, and it swelled up for the next four days. I'm like, what am I? I don't exercise enough, folks. So my body's weak. And that's difficult. And it's the same thing with prayer. If you're not exercising, you're not developing your faith. And then it is not as effective as it could be. Because in the book of James, which is all through the Bible, that He had a nature like ours. And your fervent prayer can be effective because you are righteous in Christ. And as you work at it and trust Him and persist, He is making You, a man or woman of God. Amen. Do you trust Him this morning? All this studying, all this thinking, and God leaves me with one word for you. Do you trust Him this morning? Do you believe that He can answer the prayer that He has not answered in your life? Now remember what we've talked about. He might have to change your prayer. We don't know His timing. We don't know why. Are you open? Are you moldable? Are you flexible in his hand? Are you persisting? Are you trusting? Is your faith growing? And here's your word. Just leave with this. Do you trust him? Because he's not a type of guy that won't get out of bed for you. He's not a God that is a wicked judge. He knows you. He loves you. And for him, the journey is more important than the answer. But he will give the answer. Amen. Okay. Good. Short, sweet, to the point. Take to the bank. Amen. Uh oh, we got one more thing to deal with. What'd you put in the back of your head at the start? What'd you put in your back pocket? That prayer. That prayer, we asked you, what was it? I said, pause for 20 seconds. And maybe you just want to be like a bad person who listens, I'm not going to do what he says. But maybe you actually did it and you were serious about it and you said, Lord, what is it? Maybe you weren't trying to think out, wow, where is this going to go? Why is he doing this? When you thought of that thing, let's now bring it back to the front of your brain. Let's take it out of the back pocket. And now I'm going to ask you this question. And I'm going to give you a little time to reflect. First question is this. I want you to ask God with that request. Is there anything more? Is this your will? Is this your desire? And hopefully he'll say yes to you. I don't know what he'll say. But I believe he could change it even in the moment. So just in silence, that thing that you had in the back of your mind, ask him, God, is this you? Is this your will? I'm not saying it's not, remember. I just, like GR, want to take the time. Is there anything behind that that God wants to develop, maybe? Let's close your eyes. Ask the question, Lord, what is in my heart... in thoughts to this request. The Holy Spirit might just totally confirm that it's right, right in this moment. But let's listen to him. He might speak to you. There's something more. Just 30 seconds of silence. Just you and God. The Holy Spirit can speak to you this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just ask you one more question. Or maybe one prayer that you can give to God now. God, would you help me to believe and to trust you more? Just pray that back to God in your own mind. God, help me. To believe and to trust you more. Just spend a a few seconds with that prayer in your mind. Giving it to God. Let him speak to you. Let him encourage you. I want you to leave with this thought or this section of the service. As you have that in your mind, trying to trust the Lord, understand this. Jesus would say to you, always pray and do not lose heart. That's the words of Jesus to you today. Always pray. And do not lose heart. Isn't it so great to have a high priest who can sympathize with us and encourage us and have compassion and touch us? Oh, Lord Jesus, we praise you. We give you all glory. Thank you for your encouragement this morning to keep going. Would you give us perseverance? Would you give us patience? Lord, would you help us to keep going To keep praying, knowing that you're working in our lives. As we have prayed and we've sought you, would you make our faith greater? That we could see your desires and your work fulfilled here on earth. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for Jesus this morning, his words and his life. We're so so thankful for the grace of Jesus, the forgiveness of Jesus. And we're here to worship him, to be encouraged by his word. But we're here to worship and celebrate the one who has set us free. At this point in the service, we take communion and we celebrate Jesus. We cast our eyes upon him, for we know he's good. He came This perfect God. He took human form. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. It says he took your sin. And as you believe and trust in him. In your heart. And you confess him with your mouth. That he died and rose again. It says that you will have his righteousness. You will have eternity. But even greater. He will come and live in you today. And that's what we're celebrating. Maybe we have been discouraged in prayer. Maybe we haven't prayed. Maybe we're feeling condemned. He would say to you today then as you celebrate communion, you are forgiven. Go, go and sin no more. Persist, love me, I love you. I don't know everyone here, maybe there's someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Maybe you've, Believed in God, but you've never understood this concept of a personal relationship with God, that He could come live in you and direct you. Maybe you've never felt the release of sin, the forgiveness of sin. Just in your heart, in your mind today, would you consider believing on the Lord Jesus Christ? Giving your life to Him? Maybe you've never done that. It's not in the prayer. It's in the heart. Just saying, God, I trust you. You can trust him today. You can trust him today. Would you do that? For your freedom, for your forgiveness. Just let him cleanse you. Look up to him. He is your salvation. That's you. You can speak to any of the leaders after service or even the person beside you because we just want to celebrate with you. We want to thank God for your life. The elements are in the back for those of us who are believers. Prayerfully, quietly, respectfully. As Randy sings, you can get the elements. Just worship the Lord. Just thank him for what he's done and who he is. That you are free. That you are clean. That you have a new spirit because of Jesus Christ today. Let's worship him this morning.